I want to ask that we join in prayer um, for the purpose of the Lord's blessing this um, this morning or or this evening, depending on where you're at. <clears throat> um, if you like to take notes, I encourage you to ha- get notes or um, whatever the case. Uh, if you don't, that's fine. But I, I want I do want to encourage you to get your your Bible. Um, I know some of us have uh, Bible on our phones, but this would be very encouraged uh, because I want to take a look at passages in the scriptures to to um, root you in the word, right? Because at the end of the day, it isn't what I say. It isn't what you say. It isn't what um, well-respected ministers say if if at the end of the day what they say doesn't accord with the scriptures. That is the authority upon which we base our claims. It's the authority upon which we base our lives. It's the authority upon which we root our very actions, our beliefs, our practices, right? That is what informs us. And Jesus makes that very clear that man cannot live on bread alone, but he must feed upon every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So what happens if you're reading the Bible and you misinterpret it and and you believe you're feasting upon a misinterpretation of the Word of God? It is not the Word of God that you're feasting upon. Is that clear? Um, This is why people, if they don't get the Scriptures correct, then it's no wonder why there, there are no results. Because God cannot bless what is what He has not spoken. Right? The Bible makes it clear. He says, don't go beyond what is written. It's only within the circumference of what is written that we can expect to be blessed. Outside of those confines, there, there is no blessing. So, <clears throat> let, us, let us join with a, a unified hearts. Um, I, I want to encourage you to lay everything at the altar. Lay everything, every concern, every burden that you have. Uh, we have to dispense of that. We have to let that go because what can happen is it can impede, it can prevent you from receiving what God wants you to know. And um, so it blurs your vision. These weights and burdens, they, they blur your vision and they, 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 it creates static in in the the radio frequency so to speak and and you can't tune in correctly and and you're straining to hear what the message is and that's what happens when you ha- you're overly concerned in in the soul and so does that make sense um so l- let us um let us come before the lord <coughs> um Father God, we come before you, Lord, right now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Father, I pray that you would give us undivided attention. Lord, I pray that you would incite within our hearts a hunger and a desperation and a passion to receive from your throne this day, God, what you shall say to your people. Father, I pray, God, that your Holy Spirit would move in such a way um, that you would uncover every lie, that you would grant revelation, that you would grant 
power, that you would grant that grace would flow from your throne this day, that you would grant that your anointing would flow from your throne this day. Father, I pray, strengthen the weak. Uh, Open up the hearts of your people that they may be able to see, that they may be able to hear, that they may be able to know. And Father, I pray, God, I rebuke every distraction. Lord, I, I ask right now that you, Lord, would eliminate everything that the devil would seek to throw to hinder the spoken word this day. Father, I ask in Jesus' name that your word says that they that have ears, let them hear what the Spirit says unto the church. And so, Father, may your Spirit speak. May your Spirit speak to your people or the sheep of your pasture. Father, I pray that that this day that Satan would not intercept and, and negate and destroy Lord, what would make for their prosper- the prosperity of their destinies. Father, I ask in Jesus' name that they would fulfill the destiny and the plans and the purposes that you have on their lives and they would not forfeit it. Like, like we read of Esau who, after he sought his birthright with many tears, he could not receive it for he was rejected. God, I pray that we would not be found among those uh, among Esau, but Lord, we would be among those uh, noble patriarchs who had believed the promise and received it by faith. Holy Spirit, I ask for your blessing. Grant me unction. Grant me anointing, Lord. I cannot do anything by myself. Hallelujah. May your grace penetrate. Holy Spirit, I pray, Lord, that we would throw up our white flags and we would surrender. Or we will not rebel against you. We will not revolt against your lordship. Father, grant us grace to submit in all things. That we can pray the prayer that Jesus prayed. That nevertheless, not my will be done, but yours. Grant fire that we may ascend into the heavens. That we may ascend into the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And mount up with wings of eagles. May our prayers be given wings, Lord, by fire, Lord, by fire. For heat rises, but all that is cold stays beneath. Grant us, Lord, grant us holy fire. Grant us holy fire. May nothing die in us that should live, and may nothing live in us that should die. May nothing die in us that should live, and may nothing live in us that should die. Holy Ghost, speak. Holy Spirit, speak. Holy Spirit, speak. Come, O Lord, I invoke your name. You're welcome in in the midst of your people. I invoke the name of the Lord Christ. Come and dwell among your people, O Lord, and speak to those who have ears. Hallelujah. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <coughs> Father. Father God. Hallelujah. <coughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Just just take a cu- uh, just 
30 more seconds. I want you to invoke the name of the Lord. I want you to call on His name. I want you personally to move your lips to call on His name. Father, we call on Your name. Would You come? Would You come, O Lord? Would You come with power? Would You come with Your anointing? Holy Spirit, we need fellowship with You. Pour into us by Your grace. Pour into us. Pour into us, O God. <clears throat> May we be like Samuel, Samuel who will not allow one word to fall to the ground. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. You know, a lot of people they don't they don't commune with the Lord because they have not experienced its power. A lot of people don't commune with the Lord because there is no experience with the living Christ. Amen. This this is why people can go through the motions, they can say their prayers, but they don't ever really pray. There's a hymn uh, it says, I often say my prayers, but do I ever pray? And does my heart go with the words that I say? I might as well kneel down to pray to gods of stone than to offer to God a prayer of words alone. See, that's where that's what we are experiencing today in many Baptist churches, in many cessationist churches, in many evangelical churches that have lost fire, that have lost the anointing. They have merely parroted what they have found in Scripture and offered it unto the ceiling of mere words that even replicate the truth in Scripture, but it is devoid of the anointing. It is absent of fire. See, that's what will make wings to your prayers is that you can encapsulate fire by the Holy Ghost because fire ascends to the, to the top. Whereas if you've ever been in a sauna or if you've ever had heat, uh, if you've ever experienced heat, it rises to the top. That's why they suggest if your, ho- your house is on fire and there's a bunch of smoke for you to crawl. And that's that's where many of our prayers exist. That's many where of our uh, many of our sacrifices exist. It exists on the cr- uh, on the ground where where there is an absence of heat. And so when when you have fire, you begin to ascend into the heavenly realms. Like John, who said, "I was caught up in the spirit." You can't be caught up in the spirit and stay among uh, among the scorpions and among the lions, you among the creeping things that creep upon the earth. Amen. <clears throat> and so, um, <clears throat> I trust that you would discern the uh, the uh, the anointing. You know, I, I heard uh, uh, one minister say that uh, um, when the anointing comes upon a man who preaches, um, he is a different man. He is a different man. And you, you must discern the body, you must understand that, because as you assemble together, um, as we assemble together, when the anointing abides upon myself, and this isn't to elevate myself, it's so that you will come and, and not be robbed. You would not rob yourself of what God would have to say to you. Because the one thing that God God will say, God will silence what He would have to say to you, 
if there is no desperation or pull. Um, but the anointing transforms. That's why it could take a little shepherd boy, come upon him, and he could rip a bear to pieces. You take a little shepherd boy and defeat a lion when the anointing comes upon a man. Do you understand that? The anointing. It enhances your efforts. It empowers you to gain results that you would not have otherwise gained if you were operating by yourself. And so, as 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 a as a spokesman for God, yes, you know, I'm I'm flesh and blood, but I I'm speaking in the stead of Christ. Do you understand that? And so, as as a spokesman who speaks in the stead of Christ, God would have something to say to us to give us direction and purpose for our life. And so, with that said, open with open hearts, let us draw unto the Lord. Um, see, here's the thing. Do you, do you understand that you can pull from God things that he did not even intend on blessing you with? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, God had no, no thought in his mind to bless you with something. But just like the woman who says, if I could but just touch the hem of his garment, I, I can be made whole. If I can just touch the hem of his garment, I, he wasn't going in that woman's direction. Remember, someone else had called for his attention. He was headed elsewhere. But the woman said, you know what? It don't matter who he's headed to. It doesn't matter who he's speaking to at the moment. I'm so desperate that I need to call on his name. I just, In fact, don't even need to call on his name. I just need to touch the hem, the hem of his garment. I, I just need to get close to him. And, and he says, in accord with your faith, be it unto you. Suppose she would have said, if I would just call on his name, I would be made whole. Or if I got his attention, I would be made whole. Whatever her faith was, Jesus would have proportioned the blessing in direct measure to her faith. But you know what? You know what? Faith faith isn't in a, a mental ascent that acknowledges that God can do something. It is a desperation that pulls on God for Him to do something. That's what faith is. Is a pull on God. Is a pull on Him. Not just a mental ascent that says, "God, I, I believe you can do all things." Because the devil believes God can do all things. But the difference between you and him is is whether or not you're going to come to him and pull on him and say, God, I need I need change. And this is what enabled men to wrestle with God all night. We don't know nothing about that today. We don't know anything about wrestling with God. We, we just want to say it and forget it. You know, we, we just want to have this easy believism, passivism sort of stuff. But that's not how you gain results in the kingdom. Was it not Paul who prayed three times, who besought the Lord and on the third time, not on the second, not on the first, that the Lord answered him and said, My grace is sufficient for you in weakness. In weakness. 
And last night, me and my wife, we were praying. And we were praying about the same things for the third day in a row. But you know, I was calling on His name. We had come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And I can tell you that last night when I was a communing with the Lord, it was as if Christ himself was in our midst and that I knew experientially and from my heart that the anointing was in the atmosphere and I had gained the ears of my creator. Do you understand the power that we have as we come to Him who wants to show off and manifest His strong arm? That's what He seeks to do. He wants to manifest. But see, the thing is, you're trying to satisfy your own needs by your skill and your ability. And that does not, rend- that does not offer the Lord an occasion for Him to show off His glorious might. This is why God is so boring to us in the church, is because we are so self-satisfied, self-sufficient, self-gratified, that we leave no room for the omnipotent hand of God to come through and show off His glorious might unto the church, unto the principalities, and unto the world. Amen. Amen. And so, are we, are we in desperate need are we drawing on him? Like, like the old patriarch said, I, I'm going to wrestle with God until you bless me. See, that's the thing is sometimes the Lord makes it very difficult for him to bless you. Not because the, he, he is reluctant to give to you. But it is rather because God will not violate this principle. The scripture says that if from then you seek the Lord your God with all of your heart, then he shall be found by you. And so what would take a man one hour to gain by prayer on for another man will take all night because the capacity of his heart is greater and, and therefore requires more time and sacrifice for it to be said of that man that he sought the Lord with all of his heart. Do you understand that? So what you gained by by 30 minutes of prayer, it will take another man or take myself to, to gain by five hours of praying and storming the throne of grace because each man has a capacity in his own heart. And that all that all translates to a different currency in the realm of the Spirit. God alone knows what the capacity of your heart is. And I want to say this prophetically. This is where um, we need to avoid judging people on the basis of their capacity. And and I feel by the Spirit that, that recently there have been some of you that people have judged you on the basis of your capacity. And, and you, you have shrinked back in discouragement. But the Lord would have to say to you that it is He who makes the judgment of you and not men. Amen. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Uh, today I, I want to um, I want to talk to you guys about rewards. Because the Lord, He wants to reward us in His kingdom. See, this is why a lot of people, they even put off ser- searching for God and seeking for Him. Because <clears throat> they see no results. 
Or they, they act as if God only asks of them and has no intention on repaying. You know, the interesting thing that I've seen among us as Christians is that we are so quick to believe that God is willing to repay people for their sins, but not for their righteousness. You know, God is more willing to pay repay you for your righteousness than he is to repay you for your sins. The Bible says in Psalm 103, he doesn't repay us as our sins deserve. Amen. Nor repay us according to our iniquities. But what does he say? That, and in fact, in, in, a cor- in with your as far as your righteous deeds are concerned, you know the Lord repays you more than what your deeds deserve? Now, I'll, I'll stop, I'll, I'll drop that thought for a minute as we, um, and we'll get back to it. But I want us to look at Colossians chapter 3 verse 23. Colossians chapter 3 verse 23. You know, let, let me, uh, let me say this really quickly. I, I have to. I want to get to the teaching, but there's something that I, I really, I, quickly, I want you to uh, to know. Um, there's a significant, there, there's a very important reason for why we would seek to gather, um, and and I have to continue to put this, put you all in remind in remembrance of this, um, to stir up your uh, hearts and stir up your minds, but also that you would be well learned. Um, because we hear a lot of things out there, even in the Christian community, that are false. Um, and and I, I, some are less dangerous than others, and some are some thoughts are very dangerous. Excuse me, very dangerous. But um, a lot of people today have this self isolated mentality that they can do everything by themselves, and w- I want to continue to break that down. Because I don't know to what degree you actually believe that. Um, because the, the reality is this, you can't. Uh, the Bible says that the man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. And, and here, here's, here's one of the things that God wants us to know. Is that we need the church. We need each other, our brothers and sisters. Amen. Uh, have you seen that meme where you know, there there was a I think I don't know what animal it was but it was by itself and I think like a a lion was attacking it and it and it says this is the person who says I don't need uh, God's people or it says something like that yeah it was a zebra there you go yes the zebra meme um um we need to continue to to strive to maintain the unity of the bond of peace. Um, here's a, here's a secret. Do you understand that each person has a different grace on their life? And it's only the church that is the full expression, is the, the, the complete expression of God's full grace. No one has the full measure of Christ's grace by himself or by herself. That doesn't exist. And so the amount of grace that Christ walked with on this earth the degree of his anointing is is distributed with different measures in different facets to each person in the body. And the reason why he has done this is so that we would be interdependent one upon another. 
And so that if you have a grace for finances, you should be distributing that grace to the body with liberally. If another man has the grace for influence, or if I have the grace for the prophetic, if another person has the grace for this, what we do is we call upon each other and we, we bless each other so that the body can benefit from the full measure of God's grace. Do you understand that? See, people, we have a perverted view of grace today, and it's not what we think it to be. Grace is uh, empowerment from God. It's empowerment from God enable you to do what you cannot do by yourself. Amen. Are you all with me? Amen. So, um, people say I'm under grace. But their lives don't demonstrate that. They say that I'm under grace, but their lives don't demonstrate it because there's an absence of it in their lives. Um, I'll stop there. <coughs> but Colossians chapter 3 verse 23. Um, Colossians chapter 3 verse 23 uh, through 24. If you have your Bibles, I would encourage you to get it. And... Um, So this is what the Lord says. He, he says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as your reward. So, <clears throat> what the Lord wants us to understand here is, number one, that we labor for the Lord, right? Right? But he also incentivizes our labor for the Lord. He encourages us in our labor for the Lord because, why? Because we shall receive an inheritance as a reward. See, there are, there are some things that the Lord doesn't give to you as a mere gift. He gives to you as a reward. Now, you know... I, you know how some people have like awards that they've been given and some people hang up awards and stuff like that. Um, imagine if if that was representative, if, if God distributed uh, certificates or plaques and stuff like that for the amount of rewards that you've had, how much would you have in your bank account, so to speak, in the realm of the spirit? How How much... Could you point to to say, I've been rewarded with this measure? I, I, I submit to you that there are people today that are, that are bankrupt in the spirit because they don't render anything to God. And they wonder why nothing is working as, as, they, as they intend. 
it, it's it's like the um and it, here here's the importance of light because if you're trying to operate with an absence of light it's no wonder why you're not getting to your destination the Bible says in Hosea chapter uh, 4, verse 6, if I'm not mistaken, for a lack of knowledge, my people perish. It doesn't say that the people in the world perish. We already know that to be true. But do you understand that there's people in the church, nevertheless, that are robbed of knowledge, either because they've been taught wrong or they've been manipulated or because they're so complacent that there is no hunger to desire and to seek and to press in to gain knowledge so that they can be better equipped for their lives. Amen, somebody y'all with me? Um, Amen, brother. God bless you all. So now, here's I, I want to I want to go through a list um, of things to give us a catalog of all the things, all the ways that the Lord intends on rewarding us. Um, If you don't, if you are informed, you will live like a believer blindfolded. And the unfortunate reality is this, is that people haven't exercised their spiritual organs enough to be able to see, to be able to hear. And so they live discouraged lives. Always going around the same mountain the Lord only intended them to go around once but they're going around it for 40 years. And they think that God is to blame, that God is at fault when it is their ignorance that is to blame. And God ain't going to do anything for you if you don't appropriate yourself. There are some things that God requires for you to do. He says you fill up the water, the, the pots with water, and I'll turn it into wine. And so, with that said, um, number one is acts of service. The Lord rewards us in proportion to our acts of service. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 12 through 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 12 through 15. So, you intend on being rewarded from the Lord and receiving from His hand. Let me ask you this question. Are you serving the Lord? Is serving Him in what capacity? You're serving Him with what you know, uh, your know-how, with your giftings, with your callings, with your skill. Are you rewarding Him? Or are you serving Him and serving His people with that? With that capacity. So if you have the skill to... You know, to maybe um, to work on electricity and you're robbing the body of what you could do for it. Then it is no wonder why you're not rewarded. Or if you if you have a singing capacity, but you always give an excuse for why you can't sing in, in on Zoom. 
Oh, I don't got enough time to learn the song. Well, that's why you're not rewarded. You can you can say ouch or you can say amen, um, but either way it's true. And or you you have you have a skill to do something. You you have a gifting. Do you understand that your gifting carries a it it has a value uh uh, uh it has a price tag on it. It carries value in the realm of the spirit. And so when you give what you have from that from that storage the lord will never allow you to give whether it's time or whether it's sacrifice and him not repay so 1 corinthians chapter 3 verse 12 through 15 uh, if anyone builds on this foundation using gold silver costly stones wood hay or straw their work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to the light it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test the quality of each person's work <coughs> if what has been built survives the builder will receive a reward if it if it is burned up the builder will suffer loss but yet will be saved even though only as one escaping through the flames do you see that? What Paul is talking about in that context is ministry. And he's saying that each person has received a ministry and depending on the work that you render unto the Lord and unto the Lord's people, is, is it's either uh, hay, it's either straw, or it either has the value of costly gems or, or gold or silver. See that's how some people are. They just give the Lord his. Uh, they give the Lord and his people their second best. They say, you know, I'm a, I'm just going to give uh, a straw. I'm just going to give hay. I'm going to give this blemish sacrifice. It's not the best of my flock. It's it has a this calf have a broken leg. It's it's dirty. It's ugly. And here, Lord, you can have that. You know, it's it's fascinating to me. You know, when I worked at the homeless mission, you know, Christians would 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 feel happy because they gave homeless people their their twenty year old clothes. But they buy they buy for themselves the best. You get what I'm saying? Blemish sacrifices, straw, hay. We, we want to give the homeless man down the street a, a cheap uh, bologna sandwich, but we, we, we you, you get what I'm saying? But we, we, uh, we make for ourselves the best. And it's no wonder why in exchange for your efforts, you're given very little as a reward. And in some cases, I would submit to you, there is no reward because it's burnt up. Amen. You know, you you can't. I can't tell you how entitled I've seen people as musicians uh, act in the church because they, they're so skilled and they think that the entire service rests on them. And this isn't an indictment necessarily on musicians, but it's a point I'm trying to make: is they act as everything hinges upon them. 
and and that the the service stands or falls upon whether or not they serve and they have a nonchalant attitude they're late for everything they leave early sloppy servants and i would dare say worthless servants we don't want hay in the house of god we want gold and silver amen They treat their bosses better than they do their pastors. They will kiss butt to their boss to gain elevation, but they won't honor their pastor. And it's no wonder why dishonor is their portion. Self-seeking. See, when you're self-seeking, you always try to hoard more for yourself. But you know there's a principle that God has will not violate. And he says this, They that have gathered much have little, but they that have gathered little have much. You know why? Because the Lord always looks upon the sacrificial heart that loves and will make sure that he rewards them accordingly. In fact, pressed down, shaken together, running over. So what are what acts of service are you rendering to the Lord? You know, I, I and this isn't to boast, but I remember when I w- was helping church planning, I was the first one there and I was the last one there. I offered my time, I offered my sweat, I offered my blood, I offered my sacrifice. I I I I did and again, this isn't the boast, but I'm saying that I, I, I'm practicing what I preach. I would be there at the church. I would go to a brother's house, take a symbol, all of everything, the keyboard, the drums, because we were renting from a church. We would take all of that, and I was leading worship. And I have to hear them complain. Well, I don't want to do that song. I don't want to. Do... And having to hear this murmuring and complaining, and and then go go to the church, set all this stuff up. Meanwhile, it takes a long time to set this stuff up, all the chords, the drums, make sure that everybody has their stations, that they know the songs that they're playing. We practice a lot in advance. In addition to that, we um, I did the announcements. After the announcements, I went to the children's ministry and, and helped out with the children. After the children, I broke down all the stuff, put it in the truck, all the drums, the keyboards, all that stuff, and vacuumed. And I got no word. Sacrifice. That isn't to put myself on a pedestal, but it is to say this, is, is what are we investing in the kingdom? What are we investing in the kingdom? We have a coasting mentality. And my brothers and sisters, like Marcus Rogers always says, and I submit to you, is that casual Christians will be casualties. There's no time for being a casual Christian. But number two is a a currency for reward is alms. Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Verses 1 through 4. This is what the Lord says. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. 
If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues on the streets to be honored by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. <coughs> you know the interesting thing here is that there are two different Greek words for reward. The reward that, the, that Jesus was talking about the Pharisees will receive is a reward of wages. And the reward that, uh, that the Lord spoke about uh, for those who do good things unto, unto God and not for the recognition of man is a reward of restoration. See, the Pharisees, when they do things for themselves, they receive an obligatory wage. It, so if I put in an hour, whatever my hour is worth, I get exactly what what I put in. Exactly. Right? So they receive the, the shot, they receive the worthless praise of men. Because their righteousness was worthless. It was for men. And that's that's the superficial, shallow wages they've received. But see what the Lord, God owes us nothing. So he doesn't give us wages. When you give unto the Lord, he restores you sevenfold. He pours upon you what you don't deserve. Do you understand that? That's why the two Greek words are different. Is you can decide to do things for yourself, your own way, and you will work hard, you will put in a lot of sweat, and you will only get crumbs. But if you choose rather to do things by God and by his power in grace, he restores whatever you had drawn from your storage and had poured into his kingdom and he pours back into you. He restores that and gives you sevenfold. It isn't wages. Amen. Hallelujah. And so that's why a, a man like Job, who could sacrifice for his children day in and day out, day in and day out. At the latter end of Job, it was greater than his former. But see, for some of us, our latter end is worse than our former. Because we're violating these principles. But notice though, one of the ways in which God purposes to reward you is your righteous deeds, your alms, giving to the poor, helping out uh, the, the disadvantaged. Right? And this is what the Bible says in um, Proverbs 19.17. Proverbs 19.17 says this. Whoever is kind to the poor, or as other translations says, generous to the poor, it says, uh, lends to the Lord. And he will reward them for what they have done. So the Bible says that you're actually doing this unto God. And remember what we read in Colossians, that our service is to be done unto the Lord. To, to, to labor as if you're laboring for the Lord. 
You, you know the problem with the church is that they're so carnal that every time that they, they look at a disadvantaged brother or sister, they think, oh, that's just so-and-so. But they, they, don't, they can't see that, that when, you, when you give or you do good things for them, that you're doing it unto the Lord. Number uh, three is a way that the Lord rewards us is by prayer. So if you keep reading just a little down from the one that the uh, beatitude we've already read, he says, and when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Just FYI, this this isn't a rebuke on those who do pray corporately. Because corporate prayer is actually commanded in the Bible. What Jesus isn't saying is don't be seen by anybody. But he says when you pray, don't do it to be seen. <clears throat> for for example, what if someone asks you to pray for them? You're gonna have to be seen unless you have unless you say, Well, let me go behind this curtain, I don't want to be seen. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? <laughs> you don't do it to be seen. If you're seen, that's fine, but don't do it to be seen. Um, it says, uh, verse uh, 6, But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Do you see that? You know, there, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a place that you can reach that your, your prayers become a sacrifice. See, if if your life of prayer hasn't become hasn't pinched you. It, your life of prayer leaves you comfortable. You haven't reached the the degree of sacrifice. See, th- th- there are some things that are not merely gifts but can only uh, are only given by God as rewards. And so Jesus is telling us here that one of the ways that we are rewarded isn't just alms, but is prayer. And so prayer requires time and energy. And what we have learned about the nature of the Lord's rewarding us is whatever you have sown into Him and sown into His kingdom, you may have taken time out of your day to render unto the Lord your prayers to Him. You might feel like, man, it is a long time to pray an hour, and and I am pressed for time, but the Lord promises to restore you. You don't know that if later down the line the Lord enables you to restore the years, The Bible says in Joel chapter 2 that the Lord will restore unto you the years. It doesn't say restore unto you property or restore unto you possession. See, the Lord is able to accelerate you. But we rely too much on our own thinking and our own minds and saying, you know what, I got to do this, I got to do that, I got to do this, I got to do that. It's the wisdom of men. Infected by the wisdom of this age. And you see how many pastors or how many uh, church folk 
are are influenced and infected by the wisdom of this age. They say, you know what, prayer actually is the is is the thing I put on the back burner. Because after all, I'm pressed for time. After all, I, I gotta I gotta put in overtime at work. You go ahead and put overtime. Serve men. And God will not reward you. Your boss will reward you. You want to receive wages? You get exactly what you've put in. But do you want to work in the Lord's economy? He will give to you sevenfold what you've given to Him. You can't outgive God. You can't. You can't outgive the Lord. And I see it all the time. People give excuses. I I, I can't go to church anymore. I can't meet with the saints anymore. I got to put in extra time at work to supply for my needs. Yeah, it's lack of faith. That's what it is. A lack of faith. I'm not suggesting that we become irresponsible. That is not my suggestion. However, some people rely or lean back on the, the scriptures of uh, working and scriptures for family, scriptures for, you know, this, being a good financial steward. And, and they never step outside of their comfort zone. Get out of the flesh and get into the realm of the spirit and begin to see by faith and say, you know what, this is my last $20 or you know, I don't know what's going to happen with this. I, I know I, I got to pay my bills, but I, I'm going to give unto the Lord and I know he will repay me because I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor their seed begging bread. Hallelujah. It's the wisdom of this age. But it's cloaked in Christianity. But you know what kind of Christianity is? It's reserved Christianity. It's play it safe Christianity. It's I got to fulfill my responsibilities Christianity. That's what Christianity is. It's lukewarm. It's mixtured. It's backslidden. You know what lukewarm Christianity begins isn't the the lack of of affections it's the mixture it's an impurity of belief because you're mixing hot with cold and so you take a little bit of Christianity you sprinkle a little bit with uh, uh, man's philosophy even though you don't think it is and you're wondering why you ain't rewarded you wonder why because Pharaoh is the one you're looking to Babylon is the one you're looking to and yet meanwhile posting on Facebook giving indictments on those who are looking to Babylon all we have done is we, we, we've, we've mixed the worship with Jehovah with the worship of Mammon I'm not saying that we, we won't be prosperous. That's not what I'm saying. But unfortunately, people are not putting the kingdom first. They put, them, they put themselves first. They put their comfort first. They put their pedicures first. They, they will give $200 to do their hair. But they'll put... They'll put uh, you know, uh, a chump change in the in the in the economy of prayer. A Amen. 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 Look at Acts chapter ten, 
verses 1 through 4. Acts chapter 10, verses 1 through 4. Cornelius was a Gentile. And it says that Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion in what was known as the Italian regiment. regiment. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. So we already talked about alms, but he's also praying regularly. See, some of us pray irregularly. So every time we get fall right back into that sin, guess who we're calling on? All of a sudden, we're calling on the Lord, but we weren't calling on Him before. Oh, how about this? We miss corporate prayer. But all of a sudden, your your finances are pinched, or maybe that guy that you were you're wanting to date is not interested, and you feel hurt in your emotions. Guess who now wants to pray? Blemish sacrifices. One day, about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius. Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord? He asked. The angel answered, Your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering to God. See, this is why heaven doesn't recognize us. Is because we give nothing to heaven. We do nothing for the kingdom of heaven. See, this man had rendered so much in the economy of the spirit that he commanded the attentions of angels. You wonder why heaven ain't doing nothing for you, you ain't doing nothing for heaven. It's true. It's true. You know, I can't tell you how many times people have called on the Lord and He answered them. He gave them a job. Guess who they now forget? The God who gave it. We don't, we don't want to live lives of destruction. Because people don't realize it, but really what that is, it's pride. Somewhere you have assumed that you can do things without him. May the Lord give you understanding and grace to receive. I'm I'm what I'm submitting to you is the wisdom of the Lord, not the wisdom of the sage. Amen, somebody. Can I get an amen or can I get an ouch or Amen. Are we gonna get all up in our amen. feelings, backslide for a couple of hours? I devote so much, forgive me, I, I don't mean this to say, I, I can devote more, but I'm just saying for my life personally, I devote, I make sure that I, I devote in prayer. I don't care how tired I am, I don't care who's coming against me, I don't care what the devil sends my way, I don't care what witches try to hex me, I, I don't care. 
I've made a vow that I'm going to seek the Lord. And since I have been saved, there has not been a day out of 11 years that I've avoided prayer. Hallelujah. Do you mean to tell me that I'm going to go on the battlefield without a sword? My brothers and sisters, you're going out there among lions. And you suggest to me that you can go without a sword? You might be a warrior. But those who forsake the assembly of the saints are suggesting that they are an army all by themselves. I don't care how good of a warrior you are. You won't win the battle without an army. Amen. Don't be naive. Don't be ridiculous. Don't be swollen with pride to the degree that you find an absence of praying. But our encouragement is that the Lord will reward. I want to show us one other passage about this. Luke chapter 1 verse 8. Luke chapter 1 verse 8. You know sometimes... Um, the Lord, he blesses us with, you know, messages that encourage us. But you have to also understand the Bible talks about there being a place to endure sound doctrine. Sometimes you have to endure messages. The Bible says there will come a time when men will not endure sound doctrine. See, when you're finding a lack of endurance to hear sound doctrine... You're very close to soon to entertain yourself with uh, with uh, uh, teachings that will scratch your itching ears. Amen. I understand that there's a place to be encouraged in the spirit, but if if altogether we avoid at at all cost on any occasion sound doctrine because we can't endure it. We're very close to entertaining ourselves and heaping up for ourselves teachers that will suit our itching ears. Does that make sense? Um, But Luke chapter 1, verse 8. um, Look at what... what, um, Luke chapter 1, verse 8. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, remember Revelation chapter 8 verse 4 says that our prayers are incense. And it says all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. It sounds like he had a good prayer meeting. The prayer meetings died today. People don't like doing it. They'll say it's hot outside. Why do I have to be here? I want to go watch something on Netflix already. I want to play my game. Um, Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of incense. 
When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. See, some of you, look, so, normally, what, what, what it is, what is it? that uh, enables you to give birth. It's the natural process of having sex. But there was an, an inability to, to receive the results that this natural ability would have typically delivered. Instead, Zechariah sets his heart to God, begins to offer up incense unto the Lord at the hour of incense. And on the strength of his praying, they receive an answer to their prayers that they shall receive a son and he will be a joy to them. Do you see now that an hour at prayer is worth this delivery of a son that will be a joy to you? What what is a greater sacrifice, an hour offered unto the Lord or a son who will be a, a, a blessing to you all the days of your life? who would deliver people from the hands of the enemy and turn the hearts of the children, the disobedient children, back unto the parents. Now tell me the Lord doesn't restore sevenfold for what you offer to his kingdom. You can sit there backslidden, sulking in your emotions and put on a a pout, but you know what? It's true regardless. And this is what offends us because we don't want to give to the Lord. We don't want to offer Him our time. We say, if I get around to it, maybe. Amen? Just kind of like some of us on social media. I'll give the Lord half my attention. Sloppy sacrifices. Ladies, would you be flattered if for your first date someone took... And please don't say yes. Please <laughs> Flattered if they someone took you out to McDonald's and got you something from the dollar menu? Maybe if you're 16. But please don't tell me you're flattered if a man does that now. If you do, you need to get saved. <laughs> but that's what we're giving to the Lord. Chump change in the spirit. Second best, blemish sacrifices. And it is of no wonder that we're destitute in the spirit. We're impoverished. We're like the man traveling down the street begging for change. Isn't that how it is? Putting no oil in your lamps. And then in your time of need, you have to ask other people to pour in. It's like this, the, the virgins in the scriptures 
who didn't keep their lamps burning. And so at the hour of their visitation, what did they do? They start asking the other virgins, hey, hey, uh, let us have dibs on some of your oil. They're like, nah, we ain't gonna, we don't got enough. And so when they went to go purchase some, it was already too late. <clears throat> See, this will make for this will make for our blessing. This will make for our prosperity if we if we devote this time and we devote these sacrifices to the Lord. Do you, do you see what Abraham sacrificed a sacrifice amounted to? See, the Lord is so good that the Lord didn't even end up requiring that Abraham give Isaac. He just wanted Isaac to be given up in the heart. Isn't that a beautiful thing that the Lord even at the end of the day said, you know what, no, 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 keep him. And I'm still going to reward you anyway, because now I see that you were willing to offer up your only son. See, some of us are keeping on, holding on to things to our own detriment. And is precisely because of our fear that God is reluctant and he cannot restore to us more than what we give to him that is preventing us from receiving from his hand. So, number four is, if we look in Matthew chapter 6, verse 16, we just continue reading down, we've seen acts of service, such as our skill or ministry or giftings. And here's the thing, don't be sloppy with it either. Uh, Some people refuse to perfect their craft. Here's the thing, don't try to walk in a gifting that ain't yours. I've seen it many times, people in church, they 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 sound like they're howling. And they ain't singing. They sound like they're howling. It's like, brother, please stop. You ain't got it. And and it, it becomes it becomes a, a, a hindrance. So but number two is alms. Number three is prayer. And number four is fasting. Chapter 6, verse 16. It says, When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure the faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. Isn't that a pretty reward? To starve and to look like you just ran five miles. Like, oh... That's not that's not a a worthy reward. And then maybe a couple of pats on the back, like, man, bro, you're spiritual. <laughs> but he says this. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your father who is unseen, and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. See, this is the thing about the Lord. For some of us, we will fast and the Lord will reward us. Like, 
once you're done with your fast a week later, someone will offer to take you out to your favorite restaurant. See, a lot of times we think in our mind that the rewards that we receive from from God are going to be in heaven in the life afterward, and all of them will be spiritual. You understand that everything that is spiritual comes from God, whether materially or whether spiritual or whether immaterially. Whether it's a blessing, a, a, a prophetic word, or whether it's a material possession, either, regardless, it's all coming from the spiritual source, namely God. But, but this is the fourth principle: is fasting, and the Lord promises to reward us, and it don't got to be forty days. Do you understand? <clears throat> no. I'm speaking Greek. Um, the fifth one is honor. Is honor. The Lord rewards us for honoring people. Uh, hold on, I just want to do a quick roundup. We we okay? Yeah. We good? Because sometimes when I ask, you know, and don't get a response back, I'm I'm wondering, because you know I, I I can just shut this down because I'm I'm not going to continue to speak if you know we're just doing other things or you know and if if we're not receiving because I, I don't one thing I, I refuse to do is if we're too much in our emotions I'd rather just you know shut it down I don't know why uh, but I, I do sometimes you know it hasn't been for a while but I kind of do feel like a mixture of things I don't want to make it a big deal and like draw all attention to there but um <clears throat> here's something that you have to learn in the spirit when 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 hearts are closed when hearts are closed or 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 for what or it might be because of sin it might be because you don't believe that doctrine or it might be because your mind is distracted what happens is stops the flow of grace and sometimes as I'm preaching, I, I, I can sense those things. And so my encouragement to you is to continue to submit to the Spirit. Because the Spirit is speaking. And I would caution us because the one thing I, I don't want us to get into is the habit of stiffening our necks. Because the more the Bible says that the more that we stiffen our necks, that we... that um, there comes a point to where you're, you're that even rebukes are offered beyond the point of remedy. It says the man that often hardens his neck will be rebuked in that which without remedy. It says that in Proverbs. And so we have to practice tenderness of heart. Because it's only the Lord it's only among those who are contrite of heart that the Lord draws near. 
Does that make sense? The contrite in heart God draws near to. But the Bible says the proud he knows afar off. And do you know that you can gather in a meeting and you'd be far from God? And so, um, continue to purpose within your heart to die deaths. Because that's what we're called to, to bear is a cross. And and I don't I don't say this you know just to say it and then you know live a life of carrying a pillow, you know what I'm saying? I have a cross too. And my my main goal is to help fortify you, so that you can get there. Because my brothers and sisters, look, I'm gonna say this. Forgive me for um, being so heavy on you. But there might be people in this group that will not make it. Do you understand that? That might not make it. In this group. You will forfeit your salvation. That's a scary thought. It's a narrow road. It's narrow. And so if I say some hard things... Because I want you to learn. If I say some hard things, it's because I care about you and I want us all to make it. I say that from the bottom of my heart. I cry countless tears in prayer for all of you, and I mention you by name. So, know that if there are heavy things that come from a fatherly heart. Um, The the first, the fifth principle for for us receiving rewards um, is honor. Um, If we look in um, Luke, look at Luke verse uh, chapter 4. Verse 24, Luke chapter 4, verse 24. <clears throat> it says, Truly I tell you, he continued, no prophet is accepted in his, home, in his hometown. I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time when the sky was shut for three and a half years and there was a severe famine throughout the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them, but to a widow in Zarephath in the region of Sidon. And there were many in Israel with leprosy in the time of Elisha the prophet, yet none of them was sent or was cleansed, only named in the Syrian. And if you look, it's it's a reference. If you look in Mark chapter 6, verse 4, um, Mark chapter 6, verse 4, the, the Gospel of Mark also cites this, but leaves out um, some, of, uh, some of what Jesus said there in Luke. It says, And Jesus said to him, A prophet is not without honor, except in his own, hometown, uh, in his own town, among his relatives, and in his own home. He could not do many miracles there, except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. So, um, and if you look, the Bible says that 
they who receive profits shall receive a profit's reward. If you accept the righteous man, you shall receive a righteous man's reward. Now, and it, it says that specifically, it speaks of reward. Now, if you look at the context, what's going on is Jesus is citing what had taken place in 1 Kings when Elijah was sent to a widow. <clears throat> now, that wit, this was during a time of famine. So it didn't even matter if you had power and influence. If there was a famine going on, guess who was going to be deprived of food? Everybody. And so here's a poor little widow. She's suffering a time of famine. She has a son. And she only has a little bit of food left, knowing that she's going to soon die. This isn't even a Jew. This is someone that was an outcast among the people of God, who was marginalized, who was excluded. And nevertheless, she was a woman of honor, because when Elijah the prophet had come to her, Elijah says, hey, give me what you got left. And so what she did is she sacrificed to this man of God. And as a result of that, she, she received a continual supply at the hand of the Lord. In addition to that, she had her dead raised because her son ended up dying. The Bible says, and she said this, Oh, well, how come you came to my house to, to recount all the sins I've committed? As if to say, because you've come to my house, the Lord has, has visited my house with judgment and has found out my sin. This is why my son has died. But you know what? Grace came to her house that day because of that simple act of receiving him and sowing into him. Do you see that? And this is why the Jews were upset with Jesus is because they rejected Jesus as a prophet and because he was in Nazareth and he came from Nazareth. And so what they did, they're like, oh man, this dude, we, we know him. He, he's a so-and-so's son. And so what happened was they dishonored him and it says that he could not do many miraculous works. And so you here's how God operates. You may sow uh, through time or so in prayer, so in fasting, and God will bring out a different, uh, uh, it will exchange in what you need. So in her case, she needed her dead raised, but all she had was a little bit of cake and oil left. And she had given that and the Lord returned to her something far much greater in value and worth and satisfied the need of that household. And so this is a reward. You give unto the Lord. And, and the way that they gave unto the Lord is what they had. Do you, do you see that? And if you look, if you look um, in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 17, the Bible says that those who labor in the word are worthy of double honor. So these are people that are laboring in the word, similar to Elijah, similar to Jesus, similar to Paul. In every case where they labored in the in, in the word and someone honored them, they were always restored back to what had been... You get what I'm saying? And But it might not be with money. It, it might not be with that. It might be a healing. You know, there, there's been many cases where I would go somewhere or I'll gather at a gathering, and I could tell people are offended with my presence. And you know what the Lord does? He closes my eyes, and I can't see anything for their lives, and they get no prophetic word, because they're vessels of dishonor. 
because they aren't discerning the anointing on my life. And this isn't to make it about me. There might time, come a time when, when there's an anointing on your life to bless somebody, but because they've dishonored you, the Lord cuts off the grace to bless them, and there's nothing to give them. This is why Jesus couldn't perform anything there. I've had it happen. People are offended, whether because of my age, someone much older than me, like, man, this brother, you know, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm just giving you examples from my experience. That's all I'm doing. If if I could give you other examples, I would do that. But that's what my experience has been. And my eyes have been closed and I can't see anything in the spirit for their lives. But you know what? I have, I have gone among witches and God was showing me things after thing after thing that blessed their lives and they end up crying at the end of the conversation because they got blessed. Do you see? Isn't that interesting? How the Lord will go to a Samaritan widow who knows nothing about God and all the people of God are disdaining her, ridiculing her, but she is nevertheless a woman of honor who has faith. But among own God's people, such uh, offense, such offense at the Lord's vessels of honor to bless the body, but they reject the day of their visitation and receive nothing at the hand of the Lord. Does Does that make sense? This is why the Jews were angry, because Jesus said this, because he knew that they rejected him as a prophet to his own hometown. He says, no prophet is, is, is without honor except in his own hometown. He says, is it not true that Elijah was sent to a widow of Samaria? And that the, he wasn't sent to anybody else. He wasn't sent to you Jews. Or how about Elisha? He wasn't sent to you Jews. Guess who he cleansed? A leper that you guys hate and cast out of your society. He blessed him. And he was a Syrian, the people you despise. It's amazing how the Lord will honor a prostitute, Rahab. And many of his people go deprived without food because they have succumbed to dishonor. Does that make sense? I'm just telling I'm just telling you what the word is saying. I'm just telling you what the word is saying. I'm I'm not injecting anything there in the text. Um it it's it's very clear. <clears throat> um what happened though when people did honor Jesus, right? He, as a centurion, he had his boy healed. And he says, you know, no, 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 no. I'm not even worthy to have you come into my house. Just just say the word and it will be done. I, I know, I have faith that you're a man of authority. You just speak the word and it will be done. And a centurion, a Roman, was blessed. Whereas the Jews were deprived. 
You can become so familiar with God that you end up dishonoring Him. And that's why you sit week after week after week with nothing. Honor is the proper estimation of an individual or a thing's value. That's why that's why <clears throat> if if I'm talking with someone in person and I, I see like they you know they I'm talking about the Lord and they go on their phone or something, I'll just sit back and I'll stop. I'm not gonna keep talking. I'm not going to cast pearls to swine. Do you understand? I'd advise maybe you to do it too if you have something to say. I don't believe in dispensing value for no profit. I won't do it. That's why, um, that's why like mandated like therapy and stuff by the court, it doesn't work. People have to see their need and have to esteem the value of whatever they're receiving. That's why people, if they're forced to go to school, they ain't going to ever learn anything. They have to see the value of what is being offered to them for them to be able to have their eyes open and receive, appropriate it, and for it to bless their lives. Isn't it a discouraging thing as a parent? You try to educate your kids and their ears won't open. Well, my brothers and sisters... What has the Lord been trying to say to you today? But your ears are closed. It puts it into perspective. See, God wants our lives to be blessed. He does. And, and if it's not, it's not because it's God's fault. <clears throat> but honor and and I've said this before but honor is not disassociated with wealth once again if you, let me let me just show you maybe I, I maybe some of you guys aren't aware um first Timothy chapter 5 verse 17 and the, the reason why I have to do this is because I want you educated we can't go on believing things that um, aren't true. And so I'm going to go to the scripture so you can see firsthand what the Bible has to say about it. Not me. As I've said in the beginning, it's all about what the scripture says. Right? And this is what you would expect from anybody who who's, pro, who's saying they're testifying of the name of Christ is, is what, what does the word say? Not what people say, what the word says. Because the Bible says the word is able to build you up. Amen. Not the opinions of men, not the thoughts of men. The word is able to build us up. It is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. The Bible says, David says, I love your law for it makes me wiser than my enemies. He also says in Psalm 119, he says, I know more than all my teachers because I love your precepts. And so 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 17, it says, The elders who direct the affairs of the church well, are worthy of double honor. What does he mean by that? 
especially those who work in preaching and teaching. For the scripture says, Do not muzzle an ox while it is treading out the grain, and the worker deserves his wages. This is the same thing that Jesus echoes. He, he, he talks about wages. That a soldier doesn't go to war on their own expense. And so he's equating finances with, with honor. For the same reason that the Lord says to honor your mother and father. He wasn't just saying esteem them. See, that was their social net. They had no welfare. So when the parents got old, the way the children honored their parents is that they take, had taken care of every single one of their financial needs because they couldn't work anymore. They made sure that they wouldn't go hungry. They made sure that they wouldn't go naked. They made sure that they wouldn't go without shelter. This is why it says to honor Caesar, those in authority. What does it mean by that? Pay taxes. So it's always equating finances with honor. And that's why, anyways, we'll stop there. But here's the last two principles that I want us to get in, in order for us to receive rewards from the Lord. And this is someone, this is the next point that maybe some of you might have mistaken and, and uh, might not have thought of, but it's praise and thanksgiving. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 13, Verse 15, it says that we are to offer to God the sacrifice of praise from the fruit of our lips. The sacrifice of praise. Prayer is a sacrifice. Alms is a sacrifice. Um, you know, uh, as, as, um, fasting is a sacrifice. Honor is a sacrifice. And so when we offer a sacrifice to the Lord, the Lord responds to that sacrifice. The Lord takes, if, it, if it's done with the right heart, the Bible says that he receives the sacrifice. And, and what does he do to the sacrifice? It, it, it's pleasing to him. It's an aroma to him. And the Lord repays. The Bible says our labor in the Lord is not in vain. The Bible says again in Colossians that uh, uh, work unto the Lord, as unto the Lord, for you know you shall receive an inheritance, which is our reward. So Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15 and 16, Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise from the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. And do not forget to do good and to share with others for such sacrifices God is pleased. Amen? So, it's not a sacrifice if it doesn't hurt. That's the nature of sacrifice. A sacrifice taps into your comfort and says, yeah, you got to get a little uncomfortable here. See, this is why people say, ah, if I... you know, if you want to call for an important meeting, someone that you want to meet with, and you know, you know, have you ever heard people say, um, sorry, I didn't get around, I didn't have time. No, no, we, we, we have time, we just make time. We make time for what we really want. And so when people, sometimes that's a legitimate excuse, but if people continue to give you that same response time and time again, it's not valued. 
Do you understand? It's like kids. When they grow up and say, Oh, Mom, Dad, I was busy. No, you just, you don't value your mother and father. You don't honor them. People make time for what they want. And, and, and I understand there are some rare circumstances, distance and stuff like that. But people make accommodations, a phone call and stuff. Do you understand? They will do what they can do. And they will tap into the resources of what they do got and say, this is what I got. Here's the sacrifice that I'm offering. Because if you never make sacrifices in the context of a relationship, you will lose that relationship. Because that there, there's five love languages. There's sacrifice and acts of service. There's words of affirmation. There's touch and, and so on and so forth. And so one of the ways that we demonstrate uh, sacrifice is our time that we give. Like that song, time, time, I ain't got time for rumors in my life. <laughs> Some of you are too young to know what that is, what song that is. Um, but time. But we see praise and thanksgiving. Let me ask you, do, do you have time that you praise the Lord? That you thank Him? If you look in Psalm 50 verse 14. Psalm chapter 50 verse 14. We're almost done. <clears throat> it says this. Sacrifice, thank offerings to God. Fulfill your vows to the Most High and call on me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you will honor me. It says, sacrifice, thank offerings to God. You know it's a sacrifice to thank Him? Because your flesh doesn't want to. The only way you can thank Him is if you engage in the realm of the Spirit. And that requires a continual death every time you participate in thanksgiving. Because your flesh wants to murmur and complain. You know, you can spend hours gossiping about people and describing with meticulous detail everything that is wrong about them, but it takes a spiritual person to die to the flesh to actually pray for them. And look at the struggle that you'll have and experience when you're, when you're about to pray. Some of you can't jumpstart your prayers. It's like uh, uh, it's trying to start a car without gas. It goes, you can't lift off the ground. You know why? That, that's suggestive of the fact that you're lacking in spiritual currency. You're bankrupt. Because you're not drawing from the Christ. In Him are hidden all manners of wisdom and knowledge, the Christ. See, people love Jesus and they testify of Jesus, but they don't know the Christ. They have no experience with the Christ. You understand what I'm saying? You can be pro-Jesus and anti-Christ. You want to know a good way to, to determine whether or not you're pro-Jesus but anti-Christ is resistance and opposition to spiritual leadership. That is anti-Christ. 
because God has put leadership as anointed ones. And Jesus says, if they've received you, they've received me. People will say, I'm pro-Jesus all day. I believe in the cross, but they're anti-Christ. But I, I assure you this, a man who knows the Holy Ghost and knows when the anointing comes on them, they know spiritual leadership and they know spiritual gatherings. And they dare not dishonor that because Christ is present. Christ is in our midst. In our midst. And he, want, he wants to empower you and swallow up your limitations, my brothers and sisters. He wants to take that impoverished life and make it a prosperous life. He wants to take those limitations you got and cause you to excel by the Spirit. But it's going to take for you to observe these spiritual principles and say, you know what? I want to receive rewards from the Lord. I don't want to do things my way anymore. I don't want to rely on the arm of the flesh. I don't want to rely on the tactics anymore. I don't want to finesse. I don't want to assume that I'm the Lord of my life. I'm going to look to the Lord, the God of heaven, who is able to make my life a glorious glorious resume of, of spiritual activity and a noteworthy life. And I want to go down in the hall of faith. I want to be recorded in heaven as a man, as a woman who put God first, whom God is pleased in. Does the Lord say to us, this is my beloved son, or this is my beloved daughter in whom I am well pleased? Amen. We need, we need to invest in the Spirit. There are people that do great investments financially on Wall Street, and they got the results to show for it. But who among us are going to say this, that I am going to take from the reservoir of all that God has given me all the time, all the good things He's done in my life. I want to recount the deeds of the Lord. I want to thank Him. I want to praise Him. I want to bless Him. I want to praise to Him. You know, many of us are messengers or even servants of people, but we forgot the priestly aspect of being ministers unto the Lord first and foremost. To be ministers unto Him, unto Him, unto Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <clears throat> you know, I, I told, I told uh, my wife just recently, I know that every time someone reaches out to me, I know that when I pray for them, something will happen. I said that because of this. I know what my prayers can do from the investments that I've made in the in the Spirit. I know the investments I've made. And so I draw from those treasures. I draw from all that I've accumulated, that I've accrued in the realm of the Spirit. I'm not bankrupt. I've made too much investment, too much sacrifice. I've lit too many incense for there be any poverty in my spiritual life. And so my brothers and sisters, I want to urge us to store up those treasures and wealth. So in the day of your trouble, you will be able to draw from. And so lastly, 
is this is is sacrifice and we'll we'll close that but we'll close with that uh, mark chapter 10 verse 29 mark chapter 10 verse 29 this is the last verse um It says this, Truly I tell you, Jesus replied, No one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Notice he said in this present age. He's not even just talking about heaven. He's talking about now. That you will receive now. In this present age, homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and fields, along with persecutions and in the age to come, eternal life. So he's saying that we shall receive rewards now and in the life to come. For those who have cut off relationships, some of you are going to have to kiss a certain marriage goodbye. Some of you have to kiss certain relationships goodbye. Some of you have to kiss those things goodbye and say, you know what? Peace. want to know why you're not rewarded is because there's certain things that you've entertained and welcomed that you have not cut off the Lord needs your sacrifice in that area in order for him to reward you and so as a recap as acts of service or your ministry your skill your gifting right Alms, giving to the poor. Number three, prayer. Number four, fasting. Number five, honoring the Lord's messengers. Six, praise and thanks unto the Lord. And seventh, sacrifice. And so, as we close... Examine, examine this the, this list here and say, Lord, where am I lacking? Where have I been lacking? And what is it that I'm looking for you to bless me with in my life that I don't have still because I'm lacking in this area? See, Naaman was told to dip himself seven times in the water And he was offended at the waters he was told to dip himself in. See, sometimes the Lord will tell you to do things that offend your mind. He offends your mind to test your heart. And so what is it that the Lord's telling us to do today? It comes at a cost. But the encouragement is this. He will not leave you without reward. He won't. And so let let us uh let us pray. Yeah, if you want to write that down, that's there in the chat. Um Father, I come before you, Lord. God, I ask right now in Jesus' name 
that you would grant your people grace to receive. Father, I pray that you would build them up. Father, I pray that the areas that they have been corrected in, God, that they would not go out and repeat the same thing. Father, I ask right now that you would enable them, that you would empower them. Father, I pray that they would they would drop, if anybody is offended, Lord, that they would drop offense and pick up blessings. Holy Spirit, would you urge them, Lord, to continue to walk in the narrow gate. For broad is the path that leads to destruction, and many are they that enter therein. You've told us, Lord, to strive and make every effort to enter into the narrow gate. And so, God, may we cast off every weight that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Father, help us to cast off the weight that hinders. I I feel by the Lord to say that there are some of you in this group that you have weights that are hindering you. And you got to take them off. They're not necessarily sins, but they're weights. They're slowing you down. Father, grant them grace to uh, remove the weights that they may be able to run freely in the Spirit. Holy Spirit, enable them, God, to mount up with wings of eagles. Father, enable them to wait on you and to not uh, uh, forfeit the blessing, God, by being too haste and taking matters into your own hands. You know, I, I feel like there, there's someone in this group, and I feel this very strong, and I don't know who it is, but I feel like you're you're tempted to take matters into your own hands. You're about to take matters into your own hands. I don't know what that means. But the Lord needs you to stop and needs you to wait. For you're going to get yourself into something you are going to regret. So Lord, I pray God right now that they would heed your caution, heed your word, heed Lord to the spirit in this moment. Father, I ask God that, Lord, none of us, our fires would be lacking. Strengthen us, Lord. Cause us to burn. Cause us to burn. Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Amen. Yeah,